perspective. What's up, everybody? This is Presto. Corporal Massage. And you are listening to episode 56 of the Nintendats podcast, our one-year review of Monster Hunter Rise for the Nintendo Switch. I don't know why. Whenever I whenever I have the Monster Hunter music in the background, it just like pumps me up. I'm like extra enthusiastic. I'm ready to like punch a monster in the mouth. <laughs> um, welcome, welcome. Yeah. So this is our one this is the Nintendo Dad's podcast. The Nintendo Dad's podcast. I'm Part. Presto. He's Corporal Nosage. Um, we're doing extra introductions because not only are we streaming this uh, on Facebook Live, as we usually do, but we're getting twitchy with it. We are also streaming this episode live on Twitch. Uh, and hey, Tom's in the chat. Yo, shout out to T.S. Villa. T.S. Villa and the Villains. That sounds like a ska band. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, if you, if you're not following TS Villa, go check him out. He's been an awesome supporter of ours. He started streaming a little more frequently himself on Twitch. So if you're on Twitch, TS Villa is the name. Elden Ring and Monster Hunter are the games. Um, but so we wanted, well, I, I wanted to do this episode. I twisted Corporal's arm nearly off. Um, cause I really wanted to do a year celebration of Monster Hunter Rise being out a year. It's been a little over a year. It was last Saturday, the 26th uh, of March, that this fine piece of game came out uh, a year ago. And uh, this game looked very different at launch than it looks today. Um, and it's been, a, it's been a journey. So I wanted to do a review on it, sort of recap where it is now, where it's been, where it's going. Because um, I think I, I think more than any other game that I've played recently, this game has changed in the last year, for the better, I would argue. But we'll, we'll get there. Okay, okay, yeah. We'll get there. Um, but uh, let's, let's start it with the usual, the usual basics. Oh, first of all, we got to cover breaking news before we get into what we're playing, what we're drinking, all this fun stuff. Um, breaking news. Liz got me on on uh, on Twitch too. Nice. Oh yeah. Um, and Marty, welcome. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you break this news because this is sort of your uh, your realm. My realm. This is your realm. This is your realm of Hyrule. For the for the breaking uh, news for the breaking news go. moment. <clears throat> okay, sorry about you guys on Twitch. I was trying to get the Discord link up on the channel, and the video was funky. All right, so <clears throat> breaking news. I don't know how breaking. It's news. like it was breaking like yesterday. It's it broke. was breaking yesterday. So. If you've been following our channel for a long time now, you'll know that I am a huge Zelda fan. Nine times out of ten, I'm wearing my Zelda shirt. And there was very sad announcement that was placed the other day that Breath of the Wild 
to the sequel to the critically acclaimed and everyone's loved original Breath of the Wild Zelda game on the Switch has been delayed. Now, if you've been following the channel long enough, you'll know that I have said this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Breath of the Wild 1 went through several delays in the... I, I can't remember exactly... But it's like an absurd number of delays. It was something like five announcements of delays. And I was not at all surprised that this got delayed either. So, uh, Nintendo business as usual? But I, I was, was surprised. Sad. I was surprised in the way that they did it. It was very weird. Uh, it was... Like, it was a video with the, I think it was the game director, and it was just, like, him being, like, very serious, saying it was, it was just a weird vibe. And I think, I think there's, I think they're a little bit in over their heads. I think they are perhaps stretching and trying to react to the growing expectations of what the anticipation of this game has grown into. Um, And the fact that Elden Ring just came out and has been compared to Breath of the Wild like every step of the way, I think has put extra pressure on them. I don't think Nintendo's going to delay a game because they feel pressure from a competitor, but... I think I think things are off the rails more than they're letting on. Yeah, the fact yeah, that it welcome was delayed in, Jeremy. spring the fact that it was delayed to spring 2023, uh Marty, you're right, Gur, uh over on Twitch. <laughs> uh, I I was very upset. I thought for sure that we would have gotten I knew that the delay was going to that the delay announcement was going to come sooner or later cuz I predicted it, but I also think that they should have given us more nuggets of information than I think what they gave us. I don't think they have any nuggets. I think that's why it's getting delayed. It's because they're out of nuggets. They're reaching into the bag and they're going, "Uh uh-oh, we're out of chicken nuggies. Got to run to the store. Be back in spring. I wanted wanted more. I wanted... I was willing to accept the delay. I also will say I am not as excited for Breath of the Wild 2 as I was for Breath of the Wild 1, because I don't believe that they can strike lightning twice. Yeah, I... Yeah, I think Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be sort of glorified DLC more than it is a true, like, groundbreaking sequel. Because there's so many things that, you're right, they did with Breath of the Wild that they introduced mechanically and gameplay, and that it's like... They're going to keep a lot of that, but it's not going to be as impressive the second time around. Yeah. Um, and also, it's a really big deal for them to take basically their holiday headliner game. Because this is, I think this is the only, like, major game. Oh, no, Pokemon. Pokemon. Holiday holiday season for Nintendo right now is the new Pokemon, and it was supposed to be Breath of the Wild 2. Um, and for them to take that and push it out of the holiday season, that's a big, that's a big deal. Uh, oh yeah, Final Fantasy VII fans waiting for news on part two. I, listen, 
I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole because I have the emotions for Final Fantasy VII, like Corporal has the emotions for Zelda, and I could I could actually do a whole episode on my thoughts about the Final Fantasy VII remake, but I will. I'm just going to compartmentalize that emotional trauma and just put it over here. Your love for Ares and Tifa and Sephiroth is... For those of you who have been following us since day one of our podcast three years ago... Why? Why does this come up so frequently? I know what you're going to say. Because it's so epic. Our friend group for Halloween choreographed that each one of us would dress up as different characters from Final Fantasy VII. And if you go to our Instagram and you scroll through, somewhere in there, there's at least one post of that... Po- of that uh, you gotta particular... hunt for it. You gotta hunt for it. I want to say maybe... It's not really a good cosplay. It was around Halloween, so it was our... Hey, we were in Halloween. high school. We were in high it school. Was, this was, it was before cosplay even existed. No, cosplay existed. It just wasn't as mainstream as it is now. But... I was Sid Highwind. Presto had long hair at the time, so he was. It was seven. not a wig. If you find the picture, just know that it was not a wig. Okay. <laughs> dedicated. And also, just ignore our one friend who didn't understand the assignment and dressed up as Spike Spiegel. He's like, I thought we were doing anime characters. We're like, No, John. Final Fantasy VII. He's like, You guys took all the cool characters anyway. <laughs> yeah, he did. Anyway, we are off the rails already. Find the picture and... The picture's out there. Corporal, what are you playing? What are you playing these days? Um... What video games are you playing? Actually, I was going to say Genshin Impact, but that would be a lie. I haven't played Genshin Impact since the last time I streamed it. Oh Um, my gosh. The last game I've played is Demio. I haven't played any other game. On our Sunday stream... There was a special guest. Presto showed up on our Sunday stream and played Demio with me. And then I played another round of Demio after he left. So if you don't know, Demio is kind of a Dungeons & Dragons-esque type game. Third-person view, top-down view of a tabletop-style game. Um, and it was good. I enjoyed it. It's it really our, fun. I want to play it more. It was our first playtest of it, and it, it was definitely worth it. I've played, like, hours of it at this point, and I still have not made it through... An entire campaign. So we need really? to happen. Yeah, I haven't. I've I, made. I. I think my single player save is on the third level of the first campaign, but I don't. I'm. I, I'm not feeling super strong. I. I barely eked by the second level. I died. Uh, the uh, during the skirmish. So I hear that. Yeah. Also, uh, Jeremy, I. I got. I a hundred percented. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, Emerald Weapon, Ruby Weapon, Knights of the Round, Golden Chocobo, Yuffie, Vincent, Soup to Nuts, every summon. I have somewhere, somewhere behind me, I think it's back there, somewhere behind there in my drawers of stuff is the original 1997 paper Final Fantasy VII strategy guide. And it is it is beat to shit because it is used and abused. I think your obsession with Final Fantasy VII is closer to my obsession with Halo. Um, yeah, that's that but, checks out. But yeah. Um, uh, which call it? What have I been playing? 
I've been playing some Monster Hunter. Always, of course. All you ever play. I've been messing around a little. I've been playing Elden Ring, of course. I'm in uh, Raya Lucaria Academy, getting there, taking my time. Um, I've also been dabbling in uh, Guilty Gear, because a new character came out, which uh, is available tomorrow for non-season pass holders. So I might... Do some more Guilty Gear, and I'm also attempting to learn Street Fighter V, like a like a good Capcom creator. Um, they announced or they dropped the uh, the final uh, how do they put it the definitive patch update. So they added a bunch of new co- cool stuff for different characters, new combo routes, and uh, yeah. So I might, you might see a Street Fighter V. If anybody in the chat plays Street Fighter V, please shoot me a message, and I would love to learn some stuff because I am super, super. Lim Joshua, welcome. I am super in there. Tom says I could listen to you talk about Final Fantasy VII for hours. I have loads of original release stuff. Oh, sick! Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to get on that on the Discord. By the way. Our Discord be popping lately. Be um, poppin'. We got it. We got a nice little buzzing community on our Discord. Uh, so our Facebook group has a, a good group of people, and our our gaming streams. For those of you who are watching me on Twitch, Presto and I have a stream schedule where we stream video games that we're playing. Um, Presto usually does a Tuesday stream. I usually do a Sunday stream, and then we do a co-stream on Fridays. Friday. Yo, Regis and Julius coming in with Julius. the double isses. Is. Welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and if you're listening, yeah. if you're listening on an audio platform, um, again, video episodes. Also, video episodes are now available on Spotify. That's great. We got, we so- got, we got early access. To test the video episodes on Spotify, except our Spotify episodes are like three or four episodes behind because we're slackers. Um, but now that we're on video, we got to make it more timely. So you can you can watch our episodes on Spotify now, not live. Live is so still only Facebook and Twitch. Live video or live streaming our episodes as they're being recorded on Facebook and Twitch after the fact video rewatches available on those two platforms as well as YouTube and Spotify and naturally Spotify will distribute to all of the audio podcast versions that are out there so wherever you get your our podcasts you can listen to us on the go wherever you like yeah but if you're in the chat during the live recording uh, and we like read your comment or shout you out. Your interaction will forever be immortalized across yeah, like guess. ten audio platforms. <laughs> so when I'm like, "Oh, Jeremy, he's not going to be able to watch the stream this Friday because he's got games one and two of his hockey team playoffs." Good luck, Jeremy, in your hockey playoffs. Now that will be across every podcasting platform in about a week. Uh, and, but the playoffs will be over. So would, it does it really matter? I don't know. Um, I, it's okay. So that's what we're playing. What are you drinking? I have... We're doing a Monster Hunter stream. And we, besides hunting this monster over here, you're a good girl. I've been drinking some dragon's milk. Gross. Dragon's milk white. So it's a bourbon barrel aged white stout. Nice. 
I have been on a uh, Yards, Yards beer. I mean, not not like a kick, because I'm always drinking Yards. Um, Yards and Victory Brewing. Uh, I was drinking uh, the Victory Brewing Sour Monkey last night as me and most of our chat right now were getting absolutely just embarrassed by... Uh, one of the event quests, the only remaining event quests, well, I will make sure to gripe about later in the episode. Um, but I was like, look, I'm drinking victory beer. We have to win. And spoilers, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, the more I drink, the more I cart. It's this really weird relationship between sobriety and... No, that's not true. I get way better at Monster Hunter when I'm drinking. <laughs> um, anyway... Onward with the show. So, so, for those of you who have been following the podcast, I said this way too often now. Um, we did our original review last year, uh, episode 35, if you want to go back and re-listen to our original thoughts of Monster Hunter Rise when it first released. But in that podcast, we had some special guests. We had Cham uh, from the Cham channel here on Facebook streaming. Cham and Snorkelbum, who streams on Twitch and runs his podcast. No, YouTube, uh, YouTube. Oh, YouTube. YouTube now. YouTube. Yeah, he's on YouTube That's now. Right. YouTube. Um, but we had a very long and detailed discussion about the history of Monster Hunter, how Monster Hunter got to this point, and our initial thoughts on Monster Hunter Rise. Um, so if you want to go back a year in the past, episode 35, you can go back and re-listen to it. This time, we're going to look back over the past year and see all the things that have changed and what has been brought to the game. The good, the bad, the ugly, our thoughts. How has it aged? Because, you know, some yeah. games come out and you're like, like, perfect example. The perfect example to me is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. When it came out. Oh, my gosh. Incredibly hype. So excited. Amazing. But... I would have a very different review of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate now. It's been longer than a year. Um, but that's an example of a game that I think has also changed since release. Um, and I don't know that I would say in a good way. I don't know that I would also say that it's changed so much as I've discovered, like, sometimes some games you have to chew on for a while to really understand what's in them. Um, and sometimes it's just... High fructose corn syrup and saturated fat, and you spit that shit right out. Um, because it's got terrible net play. Um, but yeah, so we're just looking at, over the year of us chewing on Monster Hunter Rise, what are the flavors that have come out, what things have been added to it. Um, we, will, we will preface this by saying, I think when Monster Hunter Rise came out, we were both kind of near the same level of interest. In, in Monster Hunter Rise, in Monster Hunter in general, because we'd never... It was the first Monster Hunter game that either of us had played. I picked up World to try to, you know, you know sharpen, sharpen my teeth a little, cut my teeth a little on a Monster Hunter to get ready. But over the past year, Monster Hunter Rise has become my favorite game on the Switch. And it is, it is very close to being... Well, not very close, but it's I it's wanted... it will be my most played game on the Switch because right now my most played game is Smash, and yeah. Smash is not getting any more hours these days. 
and rise I was is. Ask you what your hours, what your actual hours were, thinking that Monster Hunter was up there. But Monster Hunter Rise is now number two. Okay. Over Splatoon two. That's no, a those big have been deal. With us for a long time, I think you should take a shot every single time I say that in this episode. You, we had done an episode in the past about our most played games on our Switch per hour. Um, you can go back and check that out in the podcast as well, and it's very interesting results. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely some surprises in that episode. But yeah, Monster Hunter Rise had become has become my second most played game and it's only been out for a year <laughs> so I'm over on twitch is saying that uh, the switch uh monster hunter rise is his favorite game as well yeah it's it's amazing anyway th- i got off track in this review episode my perspective is going to be from the more hardcore player that i've optimized and min maxed my builds i've i've literally done spreadsheets of gunlands damage data across different moves and different builds and different shelling types i i'm not kidding i have a spreadsheet um to optimize my damage with my gun lance um so i'm like very into it i've done every single quest except the narwhal event quest son of a bitch i am and then corporal is coming it coming to it from a little bit more of a casual player's perspective um sure yeah that's that's fair assessment to say yeah, I mean, I don't know. So, so the first, the first item on our thing is, how did you feel about the game at launch versus now? And this is sort of like how what this is like sort of a summary for the entire episode. But how did you feel about it at launch versus how do you feel about it now? Honestly, at launch, I could care less. Like. Okay, this is another game that we're gonna play, and we'll figure out what's going on. Really, we um, we played so much of the demo. Yeah, the problem is that the demo was good, and I enjoyed the demo, but I wanted yet again, and I said this back when in the initial, like, I am a story-driven player. I want to be sucked into the world with, like, all sorts of twists and turns and hooks. And Monster Hunter, to me, does not have a deep, rich story for me to dive into. I would so, agree with while that. It's a, <laughs> so while it is a decent game, I think, as a casual player, to pick up and grind out some hunts with some friends and be able to chat and hang out, I don't know if it's something that you're going to listen to long, or watch long term for an engrossing story. It's going to be one of those things like Destiny or where Destiny has an engrossing story, but after you've gotten past the story elements, it's all about grinding. Mm-hmm. And I'm not as much of a grinding player. Sure. I also remember when we were playing the the demo, you were like, the demo's great. You're like, but I need progression. I need, like, to feel like I'm accomplishing something. Yeah. I need items and stats and, like, things. So that's how you felt. That's how you felt at launch. But how do you feel about it now? Has that has that changed significantly? Because the game is very different now than it was at launch in terms of the content, in terms of I like know, a bunch of stuff. That there has been weekly updates. Samuel, welcome. I like Sam. That welcome been, in. 
there's been weekly updates and things that have been added. I like the new hunts and the events quests. So I think it has given me more. And there's a lot of different weapons for you to play. I'm still not as hooked as you are because there's not a story. But I, I think they have given us a full plate of food. Like, th this isn't lacking for content. Six feet, Nintendards. Hey, what's up? Oh, welcome. Um, yeah. Well, okay, so in the beginning, I was very excited about Rise. I pre-ordered it. I went the, the day it came out, got it, got my, my steelbook from Best Buy, um, and... I was I was excited for it to come out. Um, I played World a little bit leading up to it. I played a ton of the demo. I was hooked on the combat. I was very excited to like get in and get progression and do all that. Um, and I would say my my love for this game has definitely like matured in the fact that. I now appreciate... In the beginning, it was just like, oh, this combat is really fun, and the idea of using different weapons is really fun and all that. But now, I feel like I have a deeper understanding and appreciation for the mechanics, I guess. I guess that's, I guess that's a, a, a decent way of how I feel. I did, I did feel... At launch, and I remember saying this in our review in June. So it came out near the end of the mar at near the end of March. So that's April, May, June. So when we reviewed it initially, it had really we really only been playing it for three months. Uh, yeah. I don't remember when. In, I don't know if it's beginning of June or the end of June. Um, but we'd really only played it for a couple of months. Um, so maybe I was like just through the story. Um, and at that point, I think I'd cleared just about everything that there was to... No, I think I was still working my way through the hub hunts and stuff. Um, and I thought it was a little light at launch. Um, uh, and then they released 2.0 and then 3.0, um, which we're going we're gonna to break down a little bit here in a minute. Um, but I felt like they've added a lot. The weekly event quests are the, that is, I mean, them releasing the Elder Dragons and Valstrax and all that and alternative ending in the story was whatever. Um, but the Elder Dragons, awesome. But the weekly, the weekly event quests, especially once they started releasing the more difficult event quests, which we're, again, we're going to get into. This is just sort of the, the, yeah. the beginning summary. Um, to me, the event quests were the catalyst for me being as into it as I am. I think if they would not have done the event quests over the past year... I don't even know if we'd be doing this review. I think it would be a point in our episode and not the whole episode. But the fact that they kept doing the event... And the, and the, the things that I really enjoy about the game were there. But coming back every week, almost like a live service game, and having a new hunt and having a new challenge, 
got me like thinking and experimenting and trying new things. And then that's when I really like dove into it. Um, so it was like a slow, slow burn, but that's ultimately like sort of what kept me interested. So I definitely agree that they're, they're adding of things and growth with the, uh, the event quests and stuff. It was wise. Yeah. I think that's what brought a lot of people back. I think it, I think it saved the game that was admittedly light uh, some people say incomplete at launch. I don't know if I'm willing to go there, um, but it was light, nearly incomplete at launch. I think everything that's in the game now should have been in the game at launch. Event quests okay. included. Event quests included. I think it was a smarter strategy for them to drip it in because yeah. if all if everything was... Uh, hey, John Tendo, what's up? Um, if everything oh. was included at launch i would have blown through it in the first couple of months and then i would have put it on the shelf the fact that they dripped it um was the smarter i think was the was the best thing to do but i think it should have had this amount of content at launch my thoughts um all right we're gonna do a oh, rapid I agree with that huh I think the slow drip was the right choice, not the same amount of content at launch. I think I, I think what should have happened is, <laughs> yay! John jumped back on Monster Hunter Rise, and I'm caught up. Awesome! We got to do some hunts. Um, I still have one event quest to do, which I'm gonna talk about. Um, I think they should have had the amount of content that they have now at launch, and then I think they should have dripped in content. Okay. Uh, my only problem with that is that then you'd have all the things that they have released so far, you would then have to create new things. Like, everything that's out right now is a lot. Like, what more could they have done? I don't... Everything that's out right now is <laughs> Apex Burble. Everything that's out right now is a lot, but I wonder, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think, I think right now it's a complete game with, with the event quest in now. I think it's a complete game. I think it should have been released as a complete game, but I also appreciate, I I'm, I'm contradicting myself and I know that because the drip content was a great move, and I think that's the smartest thing they did with the entire, like, content of the game. But I also think that all of that content should have been included at launch. I mean, Tom over on Twitch is, is saying, and it's a great thing that the company, of a company, that they gave each one of those event quests out for free. I think that that was phenomenal. The way they handled their slow release, their drip, was spectacular i feel like more companies could emulate that type of thing and really improve with their customer base for lack of a better term because a lot of other games that promote themselves as live service and we've discussed this before in the podcast take a shot that <laughs> if you go back and listen we have said as much as we may not promote the game but fortnite has done the live service thing 
the absolute best. Yeah. Um, I just had a, I just had a, like a, an evil thought that I hope never comes true, but I would honestly buy into. If they released, if they released Monster Hunter Rise with all of the content that's out right now as the base game, and then they said, uh, okay, for, for $20 or $30, you can buy the season pass and you will get new challenge event quests with real rewards, not just stickers. We will give you a new quest every week for a year, and you have to pay for the battle pass. I would buy that in a heartbeat. Really? Absolutely. Interesting. So I've I've only I've only point? I would I would pay thirty dollars without blinking. Okay. But n- as I am right now, at launch, I probably would have scoffed at that. But as of right now, say Sunbreak doesn't exist. Say Sunbreak yep. is not a thing. And they said, all right, we've done a year of a free event quests. If you want another year, you got to shell out 30 bucks, and we will give you a new quest to do every week. I'm doing it. Like, not, like it's, not even, it's, not even, it's not even a consideration for me. Um, okay. I have only I've only spent I've only made one microtransaction for cosmetics. Despite how invested I am in Monster Hunter Rise, I have spent exactly one purchase in cosmetics, and that was a voice pack for um, oh I forget his name. He's a he's a YouTube guy. He's a TikTok guy. He's a voice actor. And he is hilarious, and they had him do a voice pack. And I saw it, and I was like, oh, I think his, his name is like Zod PD or something ZD. And he's a phenomenal voice actor. He's hilarious. And I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh my god, I have to get this. I got it, and now every stream, like, my hunter, you know, when you go, where are the monsters at? Like, that's, like, it's just so funny to me. I love it. Um... But yeah, if they were microtransactions for hunts, which I hope never happens because that's a really slippery slope, um, I would I would shell out for it. Um, okay, rapid fire rundown of our favorites. What was your favorite weapon at launch, and what's your favorite weapon now? Favorite weapon at launch was hands down was the hunting horn. The musical notes. Me being a very beefy and very... RNO, welcome to the stream. Yo, Flo, what's up? Marvin, what's good? <clears throat> uh, my was the hunting horn. Being a very beefy and very effective support class was absolutely awesome. Yeah. Um, not to mention, slightly disclaimer, but the hunting horn was overpowered in the Oh demo. yeah, that's right. You got hooked on that. You got hooked on that good hunting horn in the demo. The yeah. ridiculousness of it. Yeah, yeah. The hunting horn <laughs> was phenomenal. Honestly, had they released the game with the hunting horn as it was, but just slightly tweaked so it was It would have still been powerful. broken. It would have still been broken. They tuned it. I think they t- cuz it's still really strong. I think it's in line. Ah uh, Maybe I need to play more. They they more. shifted its relevance to support, being relevant yeah. in support. Longsword yeah, really long needs a nerf. Longsword has needed a nerf. Absolutely. Longsword 
has needed a nerf since launch. It is okay. because in other Monster Hunter games, all the weapons are like pretty even, but in Monster Hunter Rise, longsword and bow are just like broken level. I can't play either of them to any degree of of proficiency, so maybe this is just me wishing I could play the good weapons and then finding out they're not really that good. But almost every like record for monsters defeated the fastest is held by bow or longsword. Like that's just statistically true. Okay. Because I've looked at those statistics to realize <laughs> how piss poor the Gunlance actually is. The last game I've ever looked at weapon statistics for was The Division and DC Universe Online. Oh my god. D-C-U-O. <laughs> yep. Whew, that takes I, me back. Yeah, that's yours. That's <laughs> yours. Yeah. You and I played DC Universe Online heavily. Oh, back God. That was great. Um, <laughs> it's on the Switch. It's terrible. Don't, yeah. don't even look yeah. it up. Don't. Just, I'm going to let that one live in the past. <laughs> um, but what about now? What's your favorite weapon now? I, I think I, I know what like, you're gonna say, but I'm not. I still like I still like the Longhorn. The Longhorn. Wow. Um, the Longhorn. I I like to hunt monsters with the Longhorn the Steakhouse. Long... <laughs> What's the 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 light bow gun? The light bow gun. Jesus. The Longhorn. The Longhorn Steakhouse weapon. Um, I I like I like the simplicity of it. I my ammo management is the worst part about it, but I like the simplicity of it. Yeah, I hear that. Um, my my favorite weapon... So I got started with Switch Axe in World, and I loved Switch Axe. And then I got into Hammer in World right as Rise was coming out. So I started Rise with Hammer, as a Hammer main, and I loved it. I still love it. It's one of my favorite weapons. Um... But then I discovered the true, the true crack that is light bowgun, light bowgun go burr, um, and I did most of my hunts through the campaign and all the event quests with light bowgun. I got the Pierce build from Team Okra and Hero. He helped me out. Shoutouts to them. But I got that light bowgun Pierce build going, and I just chewed through everything, and it was great. Um, but then I took a break. Uh, I took a break, probably, I didn't play Monster Hunter Rise for, like, two months. I think it was towards the end of the summer, maybe, of last year. And, uh, I took a break, I came back, I caught up on all the event quests and stuff, uh, I added a couple more things to my light bowgun build, um, played more hammer, was kind of at the point where I'm like, uh, I either need to take another break or, hey, Newha, what's up? Thank you for liking the stream. Um, yeah. I got to the point where I was like, all right, I'm kind of, I'm kind of running out of juice. I need to either like learn a new weapon or like I'm gonna probably stop playing again. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I don't think I've ever played Gunlance. Like, I don't think I've ever played it. Um, and I tried it, and I hated it, and it was slow and, like, pluh. Um, but then I saw this little, uh, this little, uh, 
Sandeep, thank you for liking the stream. I found this little skill called Blast Dash, where you can rocket yourself across the level. And I was like, that's the gun lance? What the hell? And I realized I didn't have it unlocked yet. So I made a bunch of gun lances. I did the challenge. I unlocked the skill set. Started watching videos. And something with the gun lance clicked. And I became engrossed with the gun lance. Because my majority of the experience up until that point with Rise was light bow gun. I would try to do the big tough hunts with the hammer and I would get into it, and then I would get knocked, and I would get killed, and I would get frustrated, and then I would go in with the light bow gun, and I would keep my distance, and I would pew, pew, pew until they were dead, which is kind of got boring for me. Um, okay. But then I discovered the gun lance, and the gun lance allowed me to be fully engaged in the fight. I needed to learn the monster's movements and attacks, um... Because I was right, you know, gun lance is a melee weapon. You're right there, with with light bow this gun. Rapid fire turned into not rapid fire. That's yeah, <laughs> with well, this is this is this is really this is really the story of how I got. I went from liking Monster Hunter Rise to being obsessed with Monster Hunter Rise, and it is okay. because of the gun lance, really. Um, so with the light bow gun. I would keep my distance, and I really only had to learn the attacks that covered a huge distance or had projectiles, because that was the only time I was really in trouble. With Gunlance, I had to really learn the fights, um, but I had the big heavy shield that I could block with. I had, you know, I knew my combos. I could be very mobile as soon as I incorporated Evade Extender, and uh, yeah, exactly. I had to watch out for the Corporal Diablos. Um, from Longhorn Steakhouse. <laughs> um, and I could blast dash. I was super mobile. And then, like, just hitting the counters at the... I became addicted to hitting the counters and then following up. And it really allowed me to fully explore and get engaged in all of the fights and all of the content in a way that I hadn't with Light Bowgun. Because okay. I appreciate the combat so, so much more with Gunlance and Hammer to some degree. But Hammer, I still get, like, flattened sometimes. Gunlance became my go-to weapon for doing tough hunts and my go-to weapon for having fun. Which is a great combination to have the most fun weapon be the most effective weapon. Before I was split, Hammer was my fun weapon. Light Bogan was my business weapon. But now Gunlance is my weapon weapon. Um, weapon. So, long story short, started with Hammer and Light Bowgun, now am head over heels in love with Gunlance, even though it is considered to be one of the weakest, if not the dead last weakest weapon in the game, believe it or not. For those of you who have been watching us for a long time, take a shot and then recall <laughs> when I played Boyfriend Dungeon and you got to date your weapons. Oh, God. You have said you love your weapons <laughs> so much. I'm I was like, where is this going? Okay, I see. I see where you're going with this now. Let's say it. The gun lance is way too phallic. I could never be into it oh. that way. We're just best friends. Got kindred it. kindred spirits. Gun Lance is like a brother to me. Firm, <laughs> firmly in the friend zone. 
Now that hunting horn, though. No. Oh. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> next question. Um, what is your favorite thing about the game in general that's developed over the last year? So not 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 necessarily something that was apparent right when the game came out, but now over the last year you've come to appreciate. I still think that the, the weekly drips are phenomenal. I, I, I dead heartily, just like with Fortnite, adding things to the, the game and increasing what is available to you is the best thing a game developer can do to create longevity for any title. Something that Fortnite does that I wish more games did was they also update their world. So you go into a map and the world has been changed in some way, shape, or form. I'd like to see things like Monster Hunter Rise have dynamic maps. That (laughs) would be cool. You know what we should do? We should do a star goal for you and me to do a Friday night Fortnite stream. Oh. I will I will only even entertain this idea now that they have no build mode. No building? Yeah, I agree. No build mode is bringing a lot of people back to Fortnite. Uh, so. I would we'll, we'll 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 get back to you on that. We'll have to discuss that <laughs> offline. I don't want to commit to anything. But uh we might have a star goal uh when you see us on our Friday night stream to stream right. Fortnite. I know a particular friend of ours will vomit in his mouth over that but that's that's kind of, that's half the fun it's half the fun um so what's your favorite thing about the game in general that you love well besides just gushing over gunlance and me coming to a because i didn't appreciate melee like i definitely have a much deeper appreciation and just like i enjoy the combat more playing gunlance and i think i think between now and Sunbreak, I might try to pick up some other weapons in a similar way. I might try and give Hunting Horn a real shot. Um, I've been messing around with Dual Blades a little bit off stream, um, but probably, probably the hard hunts are what I've come to appreciate the most. Um, because in the beginning. You know, the game was pretty easy in the beginning, and then you got towards the end, and you would die, and you'd be like, ugh, like, really? I died to that, that, you know, okay, whatever, I just want to beat this. But now, when a new event quest comes out, and I die within, like, the first five minutes, I get so excited. It was, um, uh, what was it? I think it was the double Apex Diablos, or... Maybe it was the first Apex Emergency, the Apex Azuros, and it, like, two-shot comboed me, and that was the first time that I had, like, triple-carded and failed a mission in, like, four months, because, like, the the event quests were all kind of, like, silly, and then they're like, all right, we've run out of fun, cute stuff to do, now we're gonna give you the legit, like, tempered monsters, like, hard stuff. And when they started releasing those, oh, I got so excited. I got so excited. When they release new hunts and it flattens me, I do not get frustrated, except the one Narwa quest, because I hate the Narwa uh, 
hunt. But the the harder, more difficult quests are like are like little pieces of candy to me, and that's probably one thing that I appreciate way more now than I did at launch. Okay. Um, which leads perfectly into our next question. What is your favorite hunt and what is your least favorite hunt? Now, this is not who's your favorite monster because we all know your favorite monster is Bishoten. I'm surprised you don't have a tattoo of him on your ass at this point. No lie, <laughs> you brought that up last time and I went to the internet and looked for Bishoten tattoos and oh saw if there was any good ones. God. There are, and I have thought about it. Would you do regular Bishoten or maybe Blood Orange? You're going to wait. Blood Orange Bishoten might be a better tattoo. If I did it, I would wait. But my my next tattoo is going to be my chest piece. So that's going to have to... I'll have to do Bishoten after that. (laughs) Brian, oh, he tried the Doot Doot last night. That was fun. The hunting horn. Yeah, I need to get into it. So who is your favorite... Who is not your favorite Munster, but your, your favorite hunt that you like the fight? Hmm. Who, and who, I can't who? do Christian? <laughs> I mean, you can, you can, but you like the design of Bishoten. Yeah. But do you? I, I mean, I you can, you can, you can say both because some monsters, the design and the fight are amazing. Well, because Bishoten, the things that he throws at you, and you're having to like dodge him and still get in close for attacks I think is fun. So I think Bishoten still gives me a good hunt. See, I don't like the Bishoten fight very much because he moves around too much. You're you're a peasant. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> um what's your favorite hunt? So my favorite hunt, I have a couple that I'm sort of like in between. Um, Brian, Brian says Magnamalo. So Magnamalo, I did not like Magnamalo in the beginning. I thought he was a hit and run monster. It was like he would jump you and you would get one shotted and like all this stuff. Basing that off of the demo? No, but I mean, Uh basing it off of the demo, but then also basing it off of the, uh, the actual like in-game hunt. Um, They, so they released the emergency Magnamalo, which was basically the demo Magnamalo, who ever, he could sneeze and it one-shotted you. And yeah. I w- went up and I probably failed that quest ten times. And I went back to the regular high-rank version of him that was more forgiving. And, and I also needed to grind him for some pieces for the Gunlance set. Um, and so I fought him like dozens of times learned the fight learned his moves um and then i went and beat the emergency version of him without carding one single time and that was when i was like okay i get this fight now i appreciate it um it's very dangerous if you make a mistake at the wrong point you will die um and that's exciting to me and he's just fun to counter like with the big hits coming in he just goes boom and then shing like it's just it's just satisfying um other ones that are on the top are uh goss harag i love uh, that's probably my all-time favorite is goss harag the big icy boy with the with the blades um maybe uh kushala kushala deora 
Hey, King George, what's up? Welcome um, back, King George. Yeah, I like Kushala. Goss Harag is probably my favorite, and then Magnamalo's in that in that top one too. Who who else? You got to give me something else besides Bishoten. Um, I do not like the blind penis, and I apologize for saying that on the stream. <laughs> oh, but... oh yeah, and least favorite, Jesus. yeah, Kezu. Jesus. Kezu, I did not like. I still don't really like, but I'm not afraid of the fight anymore. Especially now, okay. now playing Gunlance because it's just like shield. You, you ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the other one that I like? I just... don't care for uh, the Honey Badger. Oh, Azuros, yeah. You don't That's like the one. blind what? <laughs> the blind uh snake creature yeah yeah the the i would even say it's the one-eyed snake but he's not i don't think i heard cobra no. right and this is how we get banned <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i would say hands down my least favorite fight is ibushi and narwa more so narwa and not just because of that damned event quest um, it's because, to me, Ibushi and Narwa is not, it's not like a Monster Hunter boss fight. It's like this weird forced thing where you have to get on the cannons and the, and the ballista and like all this weird stuff that's not part of your everyday fights that all of a sudden you have to do. It was the same thing with sieges in Monster Hunter World. Oh God, the chat. George is in chat saying, oh, my Virginia ears. And then he corrected himself to virgin. But no, I think it's, it's Virginia better. now. It's Virginia <laughs> it's now. Virginia. Oh, it's Virginia. Um, yeah, I just think Ibushi and Narwa are weird. They don't fit with the rest of the series. Uh, and they just, they, they don't, they don't, I don't know. They just feel weird and forced. I'm not even I'm not even counting rampages as hunts. Rampages are a totally yeah. different thing that you have to do because you have to do them. But I would rather do ten rampages than do the Ibushi Narwa fight. Those of you on Twitch who are watching, uh one of our, our good fans, Brian, is in chat dropping some serious dad jokes. You think swimming with <laughs> dolphins is expensive. Swimming with sharks cost me an arm and a leg. Oh, I love I love Brian's dad jokes. They Brian's so dad good. jokes are they're always on point and they're like never repeated. He's just like nope. an infinite. He has bag a serious list. Them. I have been trying to keep track of all of Brian's dad jokes just so that I can like have a history of them. And I like I have yet to come back come across a repeat. If I if I had infinite time, I would go back and clip out every time we read one of his jokes on stream and we would have just a serious it. we'd have a whole episode of just the jokes <laughs> that joke clipped yes. out of our streams we could also probably do an entire episode of clipped out things of george making us drink yes which might be more entertaining i used to be a personal trainer and then i gave my two week notice <laughs> that's funny that's funny. That's good one. Um, so yeah, those are our most favorite hunts, least favorite hunts. Um, 
George, for the record, I only wear the glasses when the computer screen gives me a headache after a while. Oh, are they are they blue like blue light? They are low level subscription because if I sit in front of a screen too loud, things start to get blurry, and they have a blue light to them. Okay. Um, <laughs> I can't leave you guys without some good dad joking. Oh yeah. Yes, uh, thank you. Yeah. So the big the big thing about looking back and really reviewing Monster Hunter Rise, like, objectively, subjectively and objectively, is all all the content that they've added. And it's not just event quests. Um, so, my list. They added Apex hunts, solo Apex hunts, because at first you could only do the Apex, some of the Apex hunts in Rampages. Now you can do them on their own. Um, it unlocked Hunter Rank, which was great. They added the Elder Dragons, and to me, adding the Elder Dragons at level 20, level 30, and then finally Valstrex at level 100, that was the cherry. Actually, you know what? I think, I think if they release the game with the, the, the complete ending, the true ending, um... HR up to 100, and then the end, end optional boss being Valstrex. <laughs> um, I think that would have been a complete game. But that, to me, was the biggest, like, okay, this game feels full now. Like, you have something to really grind and work towards. Every every other part of the game, I just felt like, you went through it, you did it, you did it, no, no, no. But there's, like, a cliff. You hit HR 8. And then it's like all the way in the distance. You're like, oh, there's something at a hundred, and someday I'll get there. And having a goal like that is amazing. Spring is here. I got so excited, I wet my plants. <laughs> what would a Terminator be called if he, in his retirement, an ex-Terminator? <laughs> um, Quality dad jokes. The other, obviously, the other thing which we've talked about a bunch is uh, is the event quests, which have also added a huge amount of content. Um, and like we said, we think them dripping it in rather than just plopping it all in at once was definitely the right move and kept people engaged. Um, here's a here's a question: Would you consider? the entire catalog of event quests to be a legit end game for rise or do you think the real end game is going to be master rank in sunbreak because right now if somebody was like oh what's the end game like in rise i would be like oh it's 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 not bad it's limited but it's not bad because some of these event quests if you don't really know your weapon and you don't have all your build in order, you're going to get whipped. And that's... So I feel like the complete ending cannot be judged based off of DLC that's being added. There have been plenty of games where... And, uh, I mean, Legend of Zelda is, is a good example, but even The Division, where the main story is the game the extension of the story is going to be the dlc and in many times dlcs even become prequels to the story so like i you can't necessarily judge what the dlc is going to be so i'm going to say 
while the extension of Hunter Rank and the added quests with Sunbreak is great for the game. That will bring longevity for replayability, but the game itself, its base game, is going to be what the game is provided at launch. And so, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think the current end game is it. But do you think that's enough? Because, like, the, the example, the parallel, obviously, I'm surprised we haven't done this a million more times uh, in this episode so far, is comparing it to World and Iceborne. So Monster Hunter World came out. World existed on its own for about a year. And then Iceborne came out. I think... I think Rise's current endgame matches base world's endgame, even though I am not, like, I'm a little bit ignorant on what that was. But if you say, oh, how's Monster Hunter World's endgame? People will say, oh, Iceborne's great. All the things at the end of Iceborne are great. And if, if you ask somebody who's played, well, what about endgame in base world? They would say there is no endgame in base world. The endgame of world is the end of Iceborne. And I think right now, th and that's why, that's why I, I asked the question in the way that I did, is because right now, Rise's endgame is this long list of event quests and probably the last 20 event quests on that list or the top 20 event quests on that list are like hard because the end game, like they did the Lagambi quest and it's like, that wasn't hard, right? That was just that, I wouldn't consider that end game. It's like post game updates and fun, but uh, Mark, thank you for liking the stream. Um, it's post game stuff. But Endgame is like hard stuff that you, oh, what are you doing? Oh, no falling asleep, Corporal. Need to take a shop to wake you up. I recommend the Skull Glass. George knows what, what's <laughs> hidden off camera. <laughs> he does, he does. Um, so I would, I would consider the event quests sort of like as a temporary Endgame. But I think if we do... A re another review this time next year. Oh God, you're really gonna do it, huh? Um, I mean, it's when was the last time we had George in chat? Oh Lord. Um. Oh gosh. Uh, for the good old days. For the good old days, we're not allowed to take shots for compensation on stream for because strong. that is directly in violation of Facebook's rules. But. We are allowed to just do that whenever we want for fun, right? So, a toast to... No, I don't... I, what the hell? I don't have anything. This is extremely rude. That's your fault. You well, give me... Well, let me, let me give you a question to talk about while I go prepare my stuff. Because doing a uh, shot to Monster Hunter Rise sounds great. Um, an excuse to drink on a school night? George, yes. that comment by itself taken out of context is too funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I think, I think, hold on. I think Sunbreak will be considered Rise's endgame. And people would be like, if you ask in a year from now, what about Monster Run Hunter Rise's base endgame? 
people are going to have the same thing. Well, the end game is Sunbreak. The end game is Master Rank in Sunbreak. There is no end game in Monster Hunter Rise by itself. Even though we kind of are taking the copium and doing the event quest as end game now, I think the real end game will be Sunbreak. Um, a long, go ahead, go get your drink. In a long enough timeline, yes. I think the Sunbreak will truly be the end game. And I think what's going to ultimately end up happening is a lot of people who are going to pick up Rise as years continue. Or even once Sunbreak comes out, people who've played World know the Monster Hunter game longevity. They're going to look at this and they're going to be like, we want to wait until the final release. Because this is what Capcom does. We're going to wait for the final release and then they're going to jump in on the nintendo switch rise community and they're going to play the whole game because they're going to be very much like presto going to believe that the full game is going to be with sunbreak so i think you're going to have a lot of people who are just looking for that clutch and i think that's probably a fair assessment to make that most people were going to hang out and wait for the all of the release to come to fully judge this and that's not that far off from truth so getting Sunbreak and waiting for Sunbreak to be the final answer for what the end game of this game is, is a reasonable answer. I just don't know if it's the fair answer. Sheepdog. In a, okay. in lieu, for old time's sake, Peanut butter with since we're doing this shot. for old time's sake, I knew I had this somewhere in my freezer and I was able to find it quickly. Peanut butter whiskey. Uh, George, for those of you who don't know, George in chat, for those of you who are watching the video version of this, either on Twitch or on uh, Facebook or afterwards on Spotify, uh, George has been a longtime fan and a longtime promoter of our podcast and our show and our streams and has donated, as far as I'm concerned, a life's fortune <laughs> to our show to ensure that we're able to achieve our goals. So having you back is always appreciated. Cheers to King George and cheers to one year of Monster Hunter Rise. Happy birthday. Hallelujah. Let's do it. Um, friends near and far. Oh, he's got the toast. He's got the toast ready. <coughs> oh, it's not bad. That's not mm. bad at all. Mm. I haven't taken a shot in a long time. I feel like you need to take a shot of jelly after that, peanut butter. Mm. Using, um, use my, my, my <laughs> dragon's milk to wash that down. Cheers. Yes, also, this is a perfect time to interject with the fact that we are working on uh, new stream, or new stream, new star rewards um, Ones that don't violate the Facebook guidelines? <laughs> maybe, just maybe a little bit. Um, we are basically going to have a wheel of fate. Uh, so when somebody donates stars, we will have a wheel. The wheel will spin. I'm still not sure if it's going to be logistically make sense to do this as a physical wheel or a digital wheel, but it will be you donate stars and there will be a randomized reward. And that reward will be dad jokes, will be you get to pick the next song, will be 10 push-ups. Maybe we'll have some prizes in there? 
some some prizes some surprises i don't know i don't know what could be in there you're gonna have to wait and find out hey gamaleo thank you for liking the stream um we also have a whole bunch we have a stockpile of uh game codes that we can start putting out for high enough people who donate a high that enough, was the surprise oh yeah we oh. may we may have free games game codes to give out as star rewards but we can't we can't do it we can't do it as if you donate so many stars then you have a chance to win the free game it has to be even it has to be fair for everyone whether you donate a little bit or a lot of it uh it has to be fair so so look forward to that coming soon um I didn't even realize that George did ask for good times. Give me one shot. I didn't even see that. <laughs> oh wait, what? He earlier in the chat, George is like, "For good times, one shot, please." I totally missed it. Oh, I thought that's why you queued up the shot because that's yeah. what he said. That makes sense to me. I I gave the shot just out of out of kindness, out of respect. Put some respect yeah. on his name. Um. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we've covered what should be included at launch. We've talked about that so, so much. Um, ending event quests every week for a year is, is the next. That's crazy. Thing. That doesn't happen with non-live service games. I cannot think no. of one other game that has done free, like, new or challenge content as a bonus. Because they didn't even, they didn't even, like, promote, if they were promoted at launch that hey you're gonna get this game it's gonna be a whole game and we're gonna give you new stuff every single week that would have been great we would have talked about that that would have been a huge yeah. draw there's there's a lot of things that we even talked about that were on uh our initial review that they they could have promoted better yeah but how rise has changed the game for us yeah, cause so we started we started doing video episodes and we started streaming gameplay right around the time when Rise just, when the Rise demo came out. Just before I there was uh we did a couple other games beforehand, but we very early on jumped into the Rise demo community, um, and we were blindsided by how large and by how absolutely accepting the the monster hunter community was uh, a lot of people found our stream and our podcast and a lot of people who are still continuous fans to this day and people who even play with us off off camera and even on other games like genshin impact and everything else are people who came to us because of Rise. Yeah, so, the Monster Hunter community absolutely changed the trajectory of our show, of the podcast, definitely of, like, what we stream. Because I could, I if, if, if our streaming experience was, like, mediocre, because we did, streaming was never really part of our game plan initially. No. We were like, all right, we'll do a podcast. And then it was like, oh, well... Streaming. We wanted to do a podcast, and those of you who've been following us since the very beginning will know that we have done multiple podcasts, like ideas where we are going to focus in on Super Smash, and we are going to focus in on other things. We we ended up focusing on Nintendo-based games, 
and if you've been following us long enough, just get you with the double punch, you're going to realize that we've been focusing on all games in general, not just Nintendo-based games. But uh, Monster Hunter Rise has definitely been what brought a lot of our gaming focus together. Um, it's been what it's allowed us to grow our community, and we didn't... Our first streams were only because we wanted to be able to have a live reaction to Nintendo-based games that were just released. And that's why we started streaming. And it was Monster Hunter Demo was one of those games that we tried to get live reaction of. I yeah, think it may have even been I, I'm first. in. I'm in our videos trying to find our first live our streams, history. but alas, Facebook changed their rules uh, and, and they're expired, so they're gone now. They're gone um, now. Yeah, but, but Ninjala, Ninjala oh, yeah. was uh, among the first. I think yep. probably Rocket League, definitely a lot of Super Smash Brothers early on, mm -hmm. um, but. Monster Hunter, we started streaming, and that's when we really hit our stride with the community. So, super duper thank you to all the Monster Hunter community members. Our live out there. reaction, our live reaction streams, is what really pushed us into doing a stream schedule. So, yeah, and doing video episodes. Yep. Because we were like, oh, people really like our stupid faces, uh, so <laughs> we'll put more of them out there. Um, also. We would have never in a million years gotten to be in the Capcom Creators Program if it wasn't for Monster Hunter. Like, Monster Hunter is really the only Capcom game that I play regularly. regularly. I'm getting yeah. into Street Fighter V. I'm getting into it. I don't know if I'm going to get sucked into it the same way I got sucked into Monster Hunter. Probably not. Maybe Street Fighter VI. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, Monster Hunter was sort of... And I've, I've played Capcom games over the years, but Monster Hunter was the first game that I really got into. Uh, Points that... to the Capcom Creators logo again? What? Points to the Capcom Creators logo again? For me, it's right here. On my screen. On, on Facebook, the video, your, your video is reversed. But on Twitch, your video is not reversed, so you're pointing at the opposite corner. So it? it's here? It's here? Yes. What? Yes. That's absurd. <laughs> right? Right here. You this. gotta do this. Right here. Somewhere <laughs> along the bottom. Uh, but yeah, be, getting involved with the Capcom Creators Program has been a huge like validation and big next step for us. And that obviously would not have happened if we weren't playing a Capcom game. So that's been a big deal for us. So long story short, Monster Hunter has changed the tra trajectory of the Nintendads uh, for the better. So it's been, it's been good hunting. Um, last question for the review is, well, second to last question. Um, we sort of talked about this on the last episode. What are your hopes and dreams for Sunbreak? What's your... I don't know if we did this exact question on the last episode, but what is your what is your wish for Sunbreak? It can be realistic biggest, or my not. My biggest wish for Sunbreak And if you big. say anything about Bishoten, I swear to God. 
I will donate stars myself to make you take another shot. <laughs> My biggest wish for Sunbreak, and I alluded to it earlier, is that they create more dynamic maps. I want to be in a map that changes with what season I'm in or changes with what weather patterns throughout my time spent in the map or changes from morning to night and weather patterns. Okay. it's in Christmas season and we've got snow and Christmas trees or we're in Halloween and all of a sudden the endemic life is got some pumpkins lying around. Like I would like more... More customized, little seasonality in there. Yeah, something, something more flair that, that gives it more interesting, you know, livelihood to what's what's great. Seeing you both, I'm off to bed. Night, Nintendo. Yes. George, Good night. Thank you very much for coming by again. Good man. night, King George. You know what? I have a little bit left. I'll do you a nightcap. King George, appreciate you stopping by. This is a down payment for you being on the next stream. You better be here on Friday. Friday. I'll see you Friday. See you Friday. Oh, peanut butter. <laughs> oh, I did not I'm miss jelly. that. Um, peanut butter, jelly time, peanut butter, jelly So that's time. a good answer, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I am no, going to... The real answer is that there should be more Bishoten, more colors, you bigger Bishotens, there should be pumpkin Bishotens, there should be flamethrower Bishotens. <laughs> he throws switch be, cartridges at you. There will be more Bishotens in Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak, and if there's not, I'm canceling. So I'm, I'm going to push you in a serious way on this topic. So you want more diverse maps, seasonality, more dynamic, you know, seasonal content, whatever. Um sure. But that's not going to be the thing that pushes you from casual Monster Hunter player to playing it like I play Monster Hunter. Or even... Not. So what, what would it take in Sunbreak to get you to be fully hooked in that when we're not streaming, if you have free time, you would want to play Monster Hunter even off stream? There is absolutely nothing that they could do with the platform that they have already created that would make that possible. No. There has to be they, something. There has to be a golden bullet. Think yeah, about it. They would have to rebuild the game from the ground up in order for me to be that invested. And in a perfect world, if I was in control, I'm thinking something kind of like how they're making Pokemon now with the open worldness, or I'll go back to hmm. Breath of the Wild, open worldness, where you can then travel through different terrains, different weathered environments, different areas, explore different mountain peaks or caves in order to discover where these monsters are and maybe fast travel to those locations so that you can then hunt them. So you would... You would, and again, I said, even if it's unreasonable, so yep. your true wish for Sunbreak is that it transformed it into open-world Monster Hunter. Open-world Monster Hunter with some kind of story. I, In a perfect world, I would be, and I said this about Pokemon, and they did it, 
I, I, they did it not because I said it, but they did Are it Are you anyway. sure? They might listen to this show. <laughs> I would like to see a giant map like Breath of the Wild with multiple different tempered zones and terrains as well as multiple different types of monsters. I said this before. I would be happy with a fire bishoton, a snow bishoton, an ice bishoton, a water bishoton, a fall pumpkin bishoton, a mountain rocky bishoton. I would I would be okay if there were different monsters that adapted and evolved for the different tempered and uh, uh, geological zones that they are in. Maybe not all Bishoten, because, I mean, it's me. <laughs> but you would. You would take all Bishoten. This is Monster Hunter Bishoten. Yes, yes. So I would, if there was a giant massive map, and I'm talking about an unreasonably large map, because while Breath of the Wild is beautiful and large, it is not big enough for the Monster Hunter world. It needs to be bigger. But <sighs> if it was bigger... And it had all these different areas, and it and and it had these different villages that are scattered throughout the map, and different people who you could go and talk to, and there'd be a developing story around the world to an ultimate monster like some sort of three-headed dragon that you then had to go and defeat in order to quell the anger of all the other monsters that are around. Something to that effect, I that's where you would get me in. So you would want a giant, like really truly big open world game where you can discover there's a quest, there's a there's a persistent storyline that you discover by exploring. You want boss monsters pretty much all over the place in different places. I have some news for you. I what I I have the perfect layout for this, too. Monster Hunter World, you started on a boat going to a new land, and while you were there, you were given a quest and a story. And I know where you're going. You're going to say Monster Hunter World gives you that story. Monster no, Hunter that's not what I was going to say. Okay, all right. Well, I would like for Monster Hunter Rise 2.0 for to be you have a reason to build and create a character, get on a mode of transportation, bring you to the Monster Hunter world, and then be provided a purpose to go deeper into the world, explore and discover the different tempered zones and Breath of the Wild-esque type of environment with all these different monsters, discovering new villages and saving them from the threat, ultimately discovering that there is a monster that is the three-headed dragon-esque ultimate legacy monster that is the reason why all the other monsters are angry. And you have to gear up and get stronger and develop your weapon skill and your, your, your traits and your armor so that you can go and defeat said mega monster. I'm going to bite my tongue off. Wally in chat, open world where there are five monsters on a map and 20 player groups for four. And when you're done, you can join the other area. That would be a massive... So I have, I have heard other people say, because you have Rise, you have Sunbreak, but then the, the 20th anniversary of Monster Hunter is coming up in 2024. 
and they've already okay. said, oh, we're working on that. It's the, the, the priority is Sunbreak and supporting Sunbreak, and then what's coming for the 20th anniversary. So it's entirely possible that they're going to develop a Monster Hunter World 2, basically following the template of Monster Hunter World, because Monster Hunter World still remains Capcom's greatest selling game of all time, yeah. which is still I'm... crazy to me. Um, so I think they will do a world-esque sequel, and the way that the world has gone, no pun intended, open world games are now like becoming max, you know, the mass, the ultimate appeal. So I can see them doing something like that. But if you were, if you told a random person the game that you're talking about and you described it, you literally just described Elden Ring to a T. You, you don't even understand how specifically you just described Elden Ring. Okay. You really don't. Like, if you if you went in our Discord right now and you and you said, "Hey guys, I want an open world game with nina nina," and you just repeated everything verbatim, twenty people would flood the chat saying, "You're talking about Elden Ring. You're talking about Elden Ring. That's the only game you're talking about." Okay, so then I need to go play. That's exact. It's it blows my mind that. <laughs> You just completely described Elden Ring, like, in so many specific ways without even knowing it. So I've got to go downstairs right now, grab Lady Sage, turn on our PlayStation 4, and boot up and download Elden Ring. You're gonna have to. You're gonna, you're gonna have to, but you're gonna, you're gonna, I'm gonna add a little asterisk. The one thing you didn't include is that all the monsters that you fight will absolutely kill you 50 times in a row before you can beat them. That's the one that's the one little detail that you didn't include in your description. So looking like I Wally here uh Mr. O'Connor in the chat uh on the Facebook live stream for those of you who are watching on Twitch uh, we also are streaming on Facebook, and there's a, a chat in here. And Wally, I think having a Sunbreak 2.0 where they allow more than just four people in a hunt would be phenomenal. So I, World World had 16 player lobbies, and yes. World had some form of more than four player hunts for like siege. It was like a special thing it wasn't for your average hunt they had something where it was like more players but they've Uh, talked about 16 player lobbies potentially being in sunbreak so imagine the demo version of magdamalo maybe stronger now that we've gotten hr 100s but a demo version of magdamalo souped up with eight people or maybe two groups of four chaos that would be chaos i I just got used to hunting with four people (laughs) Like I can't, I can't do eight eight person hunts. I, I they would have to change the dynamics a lot. Um, it, it, it's so crazy to me how much you just described Elden Ring, though. That's nuts. Um, <laughs> which I mean, Monster Hunter meets Elden Ring would be also be like my dream game. Like right? that would be awesome. Um, what 
what would you give Monster Hunter Rise? And this is like one of my side quest questions. What would you give Monster Hunter Rise score? I don't know. Do you want to do you want to do out of ten, or do you want to do like A, B, C, D? How do you no, how do you no, want to rate this? Two out, two out of ten. So okay. What would you give so Monster I, Hunter Rise at launch out of ten, and what would you give it now out of ten? So those of you who are watching on Twitch and many fans of ours who are watching on Facebook. Uh, we do a side quest usually at the end, coming to the end of our, our episodes. And just like in video games, side quests can take you in different directions or be somewhat related to the main story. So our side quest class question, question of the day. Uh, I think that Monster Hunter now, near the end of its current life cycle, quotes for those of you who are listening into the audio version um i think you're looking at a 10 you're probably looking at a nine currently i i may i because i'm not as into it as you are well so what do you what do you think it was at launch versus what do you think it is now it was an easy like solid six to a seven at at launch it was a good game but there was a lot that was lacking and it was very thin. Now, I think that they've added so much stuff to it, it's it's a, a high 8 or a solid 9. Yeah, I would give it... I would probably give it a 7.5 at launch, and I would give it okay. absolutely 9, maybe 9.5 now. It's the <laughs> end game. It's the end game. If, my, if Rise... If Rise, that's what's missing for me. If if Rise had a legit endgame that was something you really had to grind and progress towards, it would be a 10 easily. And I guess, I mean, endgame is hard to figure out with a game like Monster Hunter, like, like Diablo, right? Diablo 3. Diablo 3's endgame is infinite right you your your level scales up and you just scale infinitely because you acquire new equipment you get higher level you run harder rifts then you get better equipment and you run harder rifts i don't know if you could figure out how to scale monster hunter rise infinitely but the end game in iceborne seems pretty legit because there's still people who haven't cleared the endgame in Iceborne, despite it being out for years and years and years. And I think if there were truly challenging and endgame that you could make incremental progress over a very long period of time, that would be the 10. And if Sunbreak has that, which I hope it does with Master Rank, if they can figure out how to give me incremental progress and a challenge, then it'll be 10 out of 10, easily. But right now, yeah, I'd say 7.5 at launch, 9... 9.25, <laughs> as it sits now. Okay. Um, right. Hit me with the side quest. What's your side quest? My side quest is we are hunting these monsters. We are stripping and cutting these monsters we are taking their body parts back to use for weapons and tools for the village you cannot tell me 
that we are not taking some of that monster hunter meat back and feeding everyone who's behind and if we <laughs> are leaving that meat back shame on us so i'm moving forward with the assumption that we are eating some of these monster meats hmm. i want to know out of all the monsters what meat do you want to eat Ooh, that is that's a good one um Hmm. 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 Um, Keizu obviously looks delicious. <laughs> uh, that would probably be con- the contestant for least appetizing. Least wanting to eat. Um. Hmm. 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 I feel like. Can I just tell you? Yeah, go go I'll, for I'll, it. I'll if you, you say Bishiton, I I you're a crazy person because that's Bishiton. sick. That is Bishiton sick. Would be the best person because he's got all those fruits and vegetables that he already has in his possession. Would he you? But would you eat a monkey? Because that's what he is. So you want to eat monkey meat? You would eat chimpanzee. Sure. You would eat a chimp burger. There are, there are some parts of the world that chill monkey brains as a dessert. Yeah, Why thank not? you, Indiana Jones. <laughs> um, hmm. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of monsters you that know what are like. Would be a good one, huh? The um, either the fish or the badger. Ugh, ugh, Azuros would be so gamey. It'd be like eating a raccoon. Oh, God. In the Twitch channel, because uh, we're also streaming on Facebook, for those of you just joining us on the Twitch channel, um, I'm going to call you Jay, uh, Gyro Jay. Uh, there's a, a, a monster from the previous game called Mosswine, um, and it's an equivalent to a pork. So okay. That would be a good one to eat. Hmm. I kind of want to say Diablos. I feel like Diablos would be like sort of like a spicy meat, almost like a bull, like a bison maybe, because it's got like the horns and it lives in like a dry environment. Um, But it also might be kind of tough because it like lives in the desert and stuff. Um, I think... Uh, uh, what's his name? Cuckoo Laku would probably be pretty good because that would just essentially just be like a chicken, like a poultry. Okay. Yeah. Um, Giratotos would just be like a fish, like probably like a white fish, like a flounder, but that also might be like a catfish, which is just kind of nasty. You'd have to like deep fry it. Um, there is actually a YouTube, oh, YouTube no. videos that are dedicated to this topic. The oh, top five no. monsters to eat in all of Monster Hunter history. Oh, it's gross. I have to watch this. Is, this is what we're doing. I feel this. like Acnesom, uh might be good. Tetranodon might be pretty tasty. Do like a little like sumo wrestler turtle stew. Okay. Um, what, what's the fish? Giratotos. Yeah, okay. That's okay. Um, I feel like there's one that I'm not thinking of. Because I'm trying to think of, like, like, beefy monsters that would be, like, a good... That would be fun to eat. That would be like eating a monkey! He's all muscle! It would be nasty! What's the, uh, the ice bear? 
The Ice Bear. Gossarog? Yeah. Is that what his name is? That, yeah. Like the, the bear with the ice hand? Yeah, it's one of my yeah. favorite fights. I don't want to yeah, eat he, him. He would probably be a good eat. Ah. Uh, I don't know. Those who are watching at home, I want to <laughs> know which monster you want to eat. Uh, I feel I feel like there's one that I'm thinking of that Dyro I can't. Jay over on Twitch says in Capcom events they even sold Moss Wine Jerky. Ooh. So now I want to go back and uh, and look up this this monster from the previous game and find out. Wally on Facebook, Monster Hunter has no end game. The grind goes on and on and on. That's true. The real end game is fashion. That's sort of I mean, the universally no. understood thing. Um, all right, one one last surprise uh, side, quest. side quest. Okay. If you and this is sort of just a question for you because this is a, like a, a painfully obvious answer for me. Um, if you were, if we were to describe each other, if you were to associate me with one of the monsters from Rise, what would it be? You are obviously Bishiton. It's your spirit animal. Like My that's just animal. like. But if I if if you had to, if I had to embody a monster from Rise, which monster would it be? Answer carefully. Mm. Answer very carefully. And please don't make it one of the ones that you want to eat. <laughs> what would that say about our friends? Cannibalism. That's what it would say. <laughs> um. So you, my viewpoint of you is while you're very serious and very intelligent, and uh, we have fought and sparred together for many years, so I know how dangerous we both can be. I, I You have a very goofy side as well. It's true. What is the monster who's like a bird with the, the guggle thing that like has like the horn eyes? Ah, the horn um, eyes. Let's see if I can pull up. Uh, is Acnesom? The one that does the very, like, graceful, like, sweeps and stuff? I think so. It, it kind of looks like a, um, a great egret. A great egret. Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. Astrosom? What's his name? Acnesom? Did you send me a picture of it? Oh, God. No. Pookie Pookie? Oh, no. E Agnesan. Okay, no, the one I'm thinking of is Agnesan. Okay. Yes. The, one. yes. The, the crane. Yes. Yeah, the crane. Great egret. Yeah, the crane. <laughs> um, yes. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that, yeah. You're, you're, you are the crane. If you had to embody something, you are the crane. Graceful and deadly, but then also sometimes I mess up and I'm just like, I slam my head into a wall. Um, I'm re I'm really still hung up about the the what monster would I eat question. I keep right? thinking. I keep it's thinking about it. Question. I keep thinking about it. It's a great question. I feel like I feel like Teostra would also be really good. That's like the fire lion elder dragon. 
<laughs> Gyro J, yeah, I. He's like, oh, I heard you say neck sack, and I thought of uh, Crocopy, Cro, uh, Cro. Oh, oh, the uh, the Pokemon? No, uh, in Monster Hunter Rise, the one I sent you the picture, uh, Cropico. Cropico? No, that's Pookie Pookie. That's Pookie Pookie. Yeah. Yeah, that's Pookie. That's that's Pookie Pookie. Right there. Whatever his name is, I don't know his name. Yeah. Anyway, so that is that's our thoughts. A year later. After this, after this fine ass game has been released, they've added a lot. I think our our relationship, personally, and as the Nintendads, has sort of evolved with this game, and will continue to evolve with this game. Uh, June thirtieth, when we're going to be playing the hell out of some Sunbreak. Yes, yes, we will be. I'm so excited! So we are the Nintendads. My name is Corporal Nosage. Presto. My co-host here, Presto. We run a podcast twice a month where we release these video episodes as well as audio versions. Um, and and I'm back, the best dang stream team. Brian, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> uh, and uh, we also stream on Facebook Gaming uh, three times a week. Presto on Tuesday, me on Sunday, and then we do a co-stream on Friday. So find us on Facebook Gaming if you want to watch our live streams. Our Friday co-streams will also be streamed on Twitch moving forward. So you can tune in and follow us on the Twitch channel as well as on the Facebook. Uh, you'll find us because we're there all the time. All of our podcasts are obviously available on Twitch and Facebook Live. But we're also releasing our audio and after reviews to youtube and spotify and where podcasts are heard yes so. and video video is going to be on spotify moving forward yep the snazzy new early access thing so check us out there too um and Everyone, that's it that's our podcast do you have anything you else you want to say on like uh current events oh you mean how chris rock woke up with a burn and had some fresh prints on his face oh but do you do you know why uh Will Smith open hand slapped him instead of punching him. If you give me some rock paper scissors, because paper nonsense. beats rock, baby. Paper beats rock. <laughs> the dad jokes are strong tonight. Oh, and so are the drinks. Um, all right, everybody. We will see you on Friday. Cheers. Adios. <laughs>